Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, this is going to be another short kind of one, hopefully. Um, I know a few weeks ago, Hobbs posted an episode kind of talking about his decision to go to, to the Commander event in Richmond and some of the stuff that went in there. and um, Kind of in, in that same vein, just with COVID going on, but these events are starting to happen. I, and just to be kind of have the conversation be public and kind of talk about these decisions and the calculations and it, these things are going to be happening. We think that it's, it's important to be talking about who, you know, what are we doing? What precautions are we taking? Why are we making the, the, the calculations and the choices that we're making? Um, so I went to an event um, as I'm recording this the last weekend, uh, less than a week ago. And so I wanted to talk a bit about it. This was not a magic event. Um, this was a, a local writing convention. Uh, I am also joined today by my friend Tim, who I have been tr- hoping to get on the podcast for a while. And it feels a little weird that I'm getting you on for this. I promise we'll have some other stuff. But Tim, um, you know what? I just realized I didn't even give my normal intro. So let me give my name and Twitter thing, and then we'll get your intro, and then we can kind of talk about uh, our experiences this weekend and what was going on at this con. So I'm Alex Newman, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler, um, and my pronouns are he, him, and Tim, if you want to just intro yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Tim Niederreiter. I'm an author of lots of BS books. Lots of uh, random stuff. I, I have a podcast myself, Alive After Reading. There's my podcast where I talk to other authors, and I talk to you on it uh, at 4th Street. And uh, then I had, uh, the, which is the event you mentioned. Just so the yeah, I suppose well. I didn't give the but, name. That's, <laughs> yeah. But I also, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at T Niederreiter. That's my Twitter account. So, so uh, as, as Tim said, this, uh, the event we went to is called 4th Street Fantasy. Um, it's a small writing convention that happens here in Minneapolis. It's a con that I've been going to for a while. Um, I know, Tim, you, you've been going for a while, too. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, it wasn't safe to do for a couple of years, so we didn't. Uh, they did it online uh, last year and sort of online the year before. They recorded some podcast episodes. Um, but now this year, they decided to, to hold the convention. Unfortunately, uh, some of it was they were kind of open about this. Unfortunately, it's a small con and it was kind of do or die. Like the, the con had contracts and it needed to, to run. So they decided to run it though. I think um, I, well, let's just go through kind of their precautions. Uh, so this is probably the strictest I of any event that I've heard of. Um, so the, the fourth street required vaccination and a booster and proof of, of both or uh, proof of medical exemption um, and a negative test on the day of. Also, it was full masking in all of the con spaces, um, and they very strongly recommended eating outside and provided lists of places in the area that had patio seating. And, I mean, um, it was hot because it's Minnesota winter, so sometimes, or summer, summer. so sometimes we <laughs> get hot. But there wasn't any rain or things, so that that actually worked really well. Um, and and I know there there was one thing this con did. I don't. I guess I haven't been to smaller, more fan cons in, in other states. I've been to the big media cons. But one thing that like a lot of the cons around here, the smaller fan ones, will do is a con suite where they have a room 
set aside for the con where there's some food and snacks and things for people. And in the past you would have, it was a lot bigger spread, but this year it was all sealed things. And they said, don't eat in that room because <laughs> don't take your mask off. It's part of the con space, take the stuff and leave. And so if you grab a can of pop, you grab some snacks, go somewhere else to eat, um, to, to be safe. And that was a thing they talked about a lot. So I, Going into this, knowing about this, I, uh, to just to talk about my own impressions, I felt pretty good about that. Um, I still a little concerned when I see some of these big events, and I'm not sure how much you've, you've been watching, Tim, some of the magic events. We've had some issues with big events have some policies, and then they change those policies shortly before the event within a, a relatively narrow span, even like a month or so can make it hard to change plans. I was really happy with this. How, how did you feel about the, the sort of precautions going into 4th Street? No, I didn't. I actually wasn't aware of most of the precautions specifically until like the day before because I wasn't paying that much okay. attention. I was busy. Okay. <laughs> but sure. I was That's very pleased. With, I was very pleased going in, though, that I mean, I did have to get a COVID test upon arrival. And so they were they were they provided that for me, which was really nice. Yep, and they provide. They also provided N uh, K ninety K N ninety five masks, which was really good because yes. I didn't have one, uh, and I didn't use yep. one for the entire convention. I used a cloth mask for a lot of it because the K N ninety five masks kept breaking. My head is too big, apparently, um, or at least for these ones. Uh, yeah. So, but I thought it was a, the precautions were really nice. I actually think it added a lot to the convention that people had to move around more instead of all just kind of congregating in the con suite, which is what happens a lot of the year. A lot that's of the time that's a fair point. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. That that um, in in the past, you're right. They would kind of sit in one or two spots, and people would just the con suite would fill up, and then people would sit there or or the bar downstairs, and people would just you'd get a little cluster of people, and like you kind of that was they wouldn't move from that space for most of the day. Um, that is interesting, and in particular, kind of how the con is so focused on like the conversation and things. So. We'll see. I'm. They said in in opening ceremonies. I think they mentioned it a couple of times that that um, some other conventions bigger than Fourth Street. Unfortunately, I should have asked for details because I'm not sure what cons they're talking about. I'm guessing it's more in the literature space because that tends to be where this is. I mean, Fourth Street. The whole point of it, I guess, haven't really explained. I talk about it on the cast here and there, but for folks who haven't heard me talk about it before, it's a writing focused convention. So I like very like they specifically about the craft. At least that the content of the programming is about the craft of of writing science fiction fantasy in particular, though not exclusively. Um, they have had some panels and, and there's some conversations about other things too that have narrative, like movies and games occasionally. But the main focus is writing books, writing short stories, writing fiction that that kind of fits the the genre, um, science fiction, fantasy, horror, that sort of that sort of field. So. Yeah, um, I, I and I think it's worked. I mean, at this point, where most of the way through the week, um, I, I was I was tw- checking the the Facebook page today just to make sure. And, um, I haven't seen any posts about uh, about positive cases. I know I I, um, I had a couple of tests, so I tested myself a couple times before I went back to work, and I've been feeling fine. And I haven't heard from kind of my friend group, the uh, friend groups that were there, that no one has any cases. So I mean. There was about 100 people, and obviously that's not a, a perfect communication, but it sounds like we may have gotten through this year without a bunch of people getting getting sick, despite 
sort of sharing the hotel with a bunch of other people mm-hmm. who want masking as well. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm hopeful personally. I, I think that this was a good a good model that this can happen that this can that this can work and we and people you know we can be safe. Um, obviously fairly strict uh, precautions, yes. but still we can do this thing. Um, I, I'll say, and so I guess we can kind of transition into talking about the convention itself for myself. I was so happy to be back. <laughs> like it was the, did you do the online last year, Tim? No, I can't really do online conventions. It just doesn't feel like as there's a point to it. You know I mean? No, to- that's yeah. totally fair. I mean, cause the point for me is to be in person and to hang out with the people that I, that I've made friends with over the years. You know, that's what I really enjoy about these conventions. That's that's totally fair. And like I'll say I enjoyed it as a thing. It is absolutely nowhere close to replacing it. Um I did a couple of the panels. I didn't even do day two because they, they did like two mm-hmm. days. I think it was a Saturday, Sunday. Well, they do some stuff right, regardless. Like I didn't even do I just skipped an entire day of the stuff because it's just like it, it it I think it was almost too close, but it wasn't nearly close enough if that makes any sense no i think i know what you mean they they capture some elements with the online right they capture the informational elements but not the community as much right exactly i think um the coolest thing that they did which was something they couldn't do offline which is one of a couple of the things they tried to do they tried to do a few hybrid things um i missed because my parents were in town so i just wasn't able to to go they did a like view along watch along for like i think it was the princess bride or something where so they could like kind of stream it and like that sounded neat but the thing that i thought was really cool um was they um went in to to world of warcraft so um for folks who are maybe haven't played world of warcraft or unfamiliar i put way way got too much time into this game um but there was after the first two expansions, there was a third expansion that like broke the world, and and uh, Blizzard decided that they were going to advance the world and change stuff and make stories that were different. Because as they added expans- other expansions, you kind of go off to somewhere new, but it's just an MMO sort of thing. The world stays static, nothing changes. So they're like, we're going to break it, we're going to change it, we're going to do all this stuff, and so it was really. It, I'm not even going to get into the community because there are some issues in the community about that. But what it did is it created an interesting opportunity for, uh, I think it, I want to say it was CL Polk and someone else. I can't remember for sure, but it was two, two folks in the community. Um, one person went into the re- the normal retail game that has all these changes that happened after the cataclysm. And one person went into uh, a World of Warcraft Classic, which was a recent re-release of the original version of the game going all the way back to how it was 16 years, 17 years ago at this point now. And so it was fun to have them sort of go back and forth. They're like, all right, we're going to go to this particular zone because this is the one that was really changed the most. And we're going to examine what happens. And it was something like looking at what happens to life after Armageddon, after the end of the world. And so it was, it was actually really cool. And they would that kind sounds of, pretty cool. But it's like, that was neat because it's something they could only do online. Mm-hmm. But like it was, they only, were only able to kind of plan and do a couple of those things. They tried to do panels that just didn't really work for me. As you, as you say, like the, the content was the same, but the community really wasn't there in the same way. Um, 
I think I've got myself distracted trying to talk about the online thing. No, but that's. <laughs> let me cover you for for you for a second because the community element is very important, and even during the panels, when you're in person, you've you know at the end of each panel, you've got announcements and stuff, or Scott Lynch just going up and saying something crazy or silly, or you know accidentally committing to a jar uh, to a box where you put money where he puts money if you, whenever he says the word the name of a specific book. You know, <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of goofiness that happens just because everyone's in the same room. Yeah. And that's one of the greatest things about Fourth Street because it's a single track convention. So unlike a lot of the bigger conventions where there's all these everyone's going every which way and has different they, you're basically multiple Fourth Street style conventions in any there's tracks, you know? Mm-hmm. In in each in these bigger cons. Fourth Street is one track, everybody's on the same track. And that is kind of interesting in its own right. Admittedly, I don't go to every panel. I, I didn't do it this year and I had a very good con this year. I felt so relaxed. I was really happy with it. I did, I did leave a little early and uh, earlier than I even planned to, but Hey, it was father's day. I wanted to get home, uh, yeah. hang out with my dad and it always is. So like, I, I thought oh, I got to, got to do something, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. No, it's, it's funny. You say that you left earlier than you were, you were even thinking. I think a lot of folks did that. <laughs> I can just say kind of from our group. So like, I know, uh, you know, we had a couple of friends who were there, one one of whom was planning to leave early anyway, so she left like right after right after closing ceremonies because she had other things to go to. But then like our Brandon, I didn't see him the rest of the day. <laughs> I was messaging yeah. him because it was like, you know, hey, me and I had a couple of friends who were in the town, like we're gonna grab dinner. He's like, No, I'm fine. I'm just hanging out in my hotel room. Um, I know <laughs> I I was planning to stay Sunday night and and head home monday but i left sunday night like i left late enough i ended up paying in a, for that night for the hotel room which i guess I, I was fine with but i was just i was so much more exhausted than i was expecting because i've done mm. so many forces i've done other big cons too and and i mean there's a little bit going on with my my recent sleep apnea and stuff and so like that was part of my physical exhaustion but just i was just like socially exhausted too because i haven't done this in so long it's been more than two years and it's a, it's going, a muscle. It gets rusty. I yeah, guess that's a mixed metaphor. I, I hope it works. It, it's clear to me. I, and hopefully the, the listeners, it's clear to them. But it's like even going back seven, eight years, you know, go back to the first year that I went. Like, I don't think I was that exhausted because, well, frankly, at that point, having just been diagnosed with my social anxiety, having just kind of started these things. I wasn't nearly as social as I was this weekend. Like I spent mm-hmm. this whole week hanging out with you and, you know, all, you know, all the friends there and just random folk just having conversation with different people at the con. And that burned me out a lot faster <laughs> than I was expecting. So yeah, it, um, it was a good time though. I'm, I'm really glad I went, uh, glad we were able to meet up. I, I, I think, that kind of, I think that kind of gets what I, I wanted to say. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they held it. I think it went well at the, in the closing ceremonies. Um, you did you stay for closing ceremonies? I think you left. Early, no, right? I, I left before noon actually. Oh, that's like, right. I, I, I just felt like oh, I don't. I mean, I don't. These aren't that interesting to me. I'm not sure if I need to see everything. Admittedly, closing ceremonies is something I usually stay for, but yeah, no. Yes, I, I must. I, I was so tired, and I already had to pack everything up into the car, and I was like, okay. Yep. I don't, I'm not sure how how long I want to cook my various luggage in that <laughs> steaming vehicle before I leave. Yeah, so, it was hot. Yeah, it no, was no, that's, that makes sense. That's totally fair. And I think, um, but like, like Scott kind of reiterated in the, the closing story, Scott Lynch, 
um, he he reiterated the you know hey this was and him and him and others that you know and, and during the opening ceremony so I guess the listeners weren't in the opening ceremonies though though you were you know they talked about trying to hold this convention you know trying hoping that these precautions and things would work hoping that this would go well and that this could be a model to kind of keep doing this and then at the end I think they kind of reiterated hey I think this you know this is kind of what we were trying to do. And also like, Hey, I think this might've actually worked this week. We, this seems that way to me. I mean, honestly, I, I've not heard any bad things about, you know, uh, additional about, about precautions failing from the convention. Mm-hmm. I think that was, it was, re- it seemed really effective. Of course, he was quite draconian, but I think it was worth it because I meant, I mean, and like I said, there were some elements that I feel like were enhanced by the measures. Uh, though I do miss the con bar, the bar, the hotel, yeah. I have fond memories there. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was fun to just hang out in the bar and chat. But yeah, I, I I agree. Like, and I hadn't even thought of it from that angle. It might take me a little while to like process that. But that is it. That was a good point that you made. That um, having to wear masks, kind of mo- for you know, having not being able to just sit in the con suite. And and we also now that I think about it, because in years past they would do the con suite, but they'd also get that room across the hall just mm-hmm. to hang out but again there'd be a handful of tables and and the con's not big it's about 200 people i think is what we capped at but still you can't fit more than like 30 people in this room and so you get the first like 20 or so and then everyone just sort of if you go in the room you're kind of awkward like am i gonna sit at this table with seven people i don't know or am i just gonna go somewhere else and so it it kind of forced the groups to mix up a little bit more than maybe normal and that might also. Uh, I agree with that 100%. I'm sorry. The mixing up part is, was the best thing for this year's uh, 4th Street. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there are people there I've never talked to that I got yeah. there a decent time. I, I was able to chat with them. I was able to, you know, get a better impression of them. And honestly, yeah. I mean, it's also the, the first 4th Street I've gone to since uh, I got my sleep apnea treated. So mm. by far my favorite of the recent 4th Street, <laughs> the last five years of 4th Streets, I think it is. So nice. I mean, despite That's... all the people that weren't there. You know, like like our friend Reinhardt, yeah. uh, who's been on this show, and a bunch of other people who, you know, show up and are great, good people to have around. I still think there was just a lot of advantages to the way yeah. it worked out this year. So See, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And now we're kind of talking about it. I wonder, or wonder if some of those those absences were also helped sort of that that mixing up mm. of the groups and things so were, were you were you at the table when or i'm trying to remember who it was but there was a person who like introduced himself which is not you know lots of people we don't don't necessarily know but kind of um ha- was under the assumption that none of us had been there before because oh john like, App- john appell was that john appell right? was that john? yeah i think okay. that was him he's okay. great I, I never talked to him before. Really. Conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, like, you know, I had two, I did, had two friends who were, who were brand new. That was their first, their first gone, but the rest of our group had been there. Yeah. We've been there for years. years. And so, you know, not so had John apparently, and we'd never had a conversation with him. And so it was, um, we got a chance to talk to him and, and throughout the weekend, there were multiple other people that I, I got to talk to who I've never talked to before, who, who I recognize. Like I know, these people had been coming to fourth street. Um, yeah. So hope I'm, I'm hopeful for next year. I think it's, I think these precautions are good that they, they seem to have worked. And so this is a thing that we could probably do. Like I said, there, there's a few things we're missing out on, but it also has some, some potential to, uh, to mix things up and do stuff a little differently. But if nothing else, like it lets us still have that social aspect of the con that's been missing for, for a couple of years. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, 
Um, I think that's all I had to say, Tim. You got anything else you want to plug or any any final thoughts that you had? Um, not really, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just nose to the grindstone lately, so I don't have a whole lot to share. But I, uh, I guess one last thing is that I, I, I don't know how many of your listeners go to conventions of, of different kinds, of various kinds, but I, I just say got to say, I've never been to many conventions besides 4th Street. I've only been to this, 4th Street, and I think Balticon are the only conventions mm. I've ever been to. And I've only been to Balticon the once in 2019. Um, so the last chance I really had to go there. And I got to say, it's a great environment if you're a little bit social. Like I mean, like I discovered I was way more social because I went to conventions. So just to, just a plug mm. in general. For, you know, trying out the conventions for whatever it is that fuels your passion, you know? Yeah. No, and it, it's it's great to, to, to walk into a room and just be full of people who have the same interests that you mm-hmm. are. You just know immediately, we are here all together because we're all into X thing, whatever it is. You know, I've been, there's a big anime convention I go to in DC and I enjoy anime. I wouldn't say I'm super into it, but. I, I enjoy it, and there's a lot of other sort of facets. The con is big enough. There's a lot of other stuff that it sort of touches on. But it's just, it's every time I've gone, it's been incredible to just walk into that convention center, and it's just full of people who I know are passionate about things that I also am interested in. And just that environment, just that feel, like, is just... There, there's a good community there and then if you know you start to get into conversations with random people you've never met you know people from even even a small convention like fourth street had a good number of people who come from all over the u.s and um possibly outside i don't know that i've actually talked to anyone from outside but uh, of the u.s at fourth street but like some of these bigger conventions will have people from all over the world that too and they're they can be great and and especially like us as, as myself as someone with social anxiety it took me some time to figure, you know, to work through. It took me really being diagnosed and going through therapy to to realize, oh, this is something that I can do. And and we have had some episodes on that if you want to look through in the past. Them, unfortunately, we have one of our most unfortunately timed episodes ever. Tim was we recorded an episode talking about anxiety and it, it, being an introvert and kind of going to events like this. And we're like, these are great. You should really go to these. You should give them a shot. You know, and and all this stuff. And we posted that in the first week of march 2020 oh that is just the worst timing <laughs> how could you be worse but so but it's true and i actually think these events can be a kind of like training wheels for people because then because you're it's like you know like how role-playing games can be training wheels mm-hmm. for people in like it was for me i mean you know you're now here to, you have an organized activity to do with people that is still talking to them and i think conventions are a lot like that you know and they can be great way i'm a, i i have Asperger's. I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome as a teenager, autism spectrum disorder now. And I got to say, I didn't realize that I was an extrovert until I went to fourth street and a few years in actually. Yeah. I mean, and, and like for myself, and this is a story I, I, I've shared on the cast, but I don't know that I've gone into a lot of detail lately, but like magic taught me how to socialize uh, because I stopped, I, I started playing magic when I was a kid, but I stopped quite a while ago. But then after going through therapy, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm ready to go start figuring out how to talk to people and doing things. And it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, how, how, how do I do like the next step to like find people to talk to? So I started playing magic again. And, and as you say, kind of in the same way as D&D, like by playing, you know, I went to play magic that gave me a game. Like that gave me a reason to sit down across the table from somebody. And if I, 
wasn't really feeling it, I could just focus on the game. No big deal. No pressures on the socializing. I didn't have to sit and have a conversation with this person. All I had to do was be able to talk to them about the game. And that was all we had to do in that circumstance. Yeah. If we're having a good time and we're going back and forth, maybe we finish our game and we're like, oh, there's 10 minutes to the next round. Let's just go stand outside. And and then we chat. And it's like all of a sudden I'm having a conversation with someone I met an hour ago. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me an opportunity to start to kind of learn how to talk to people and conventions, like you say, can be a space for that too. Uh, so it, we'll see. And like I said, it, 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 now that these are starting to happen again, the COVID is still a thing. Um, so obviously there, there's now unfortunately yet another sort of decision point on the matrix of should you be, go, you know, should you go to an event and do you want to go to an event? And this one is, kind of a major thing but hopefully as events go forward and we start to see what works and what doesn't hopefully we start to have more events that that find good precautions and good ways to hold them without you know putting people in danger and uh i think uh we're just gonna leave you with that well actually what we're gonna do is i'm gonna leave you with something that normally gets talked about at the beginning of the episode but it gets talked about by hobbs and so i totally forget about it when i record by myself so we're gonna end the episode by plugging Grinding Coffee Company, who's a uh, black-run, uh, LGBTQ-run uh, well, coffee organization that partners with gamers. They're fantastic. They've been working with us for a long time. Uh, their information is in our show notes. If you like coffee and you're interested in, in checking them out, I know Hobbs loves them. I don't drink coffee. So the the, the joy that I get out of out of the, the coffee from Grinding Coffee Company is when Hobbs does something wild with it, and then he tells me about it like when he makes ice cream and all these other things. And so I think that's cool for him and people who are interested in all of that stuff. So if you like coffee, please uh, check them out. They're, they're wonderful. With that, I think we are done. Tim, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Next year in Ikoria, folks. Next year. <laughs> and that's our show for today. You can find the host on Twitter. HobbsQ can be found at HobbsQ. And Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Comicler. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsled, the task can be found at Patreon.com slash GoblinLorePod. Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at Vindergotten.Bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raphael. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.